Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And welcome back, y'all. The cat hey. is rubbing his face against my hand. Aww. He's not sitting in my lap, though, so... You probably still hear him. He's pretty loud. Yeah, he is. Uh, <laughs> he's very loud. Oh, here he is. Here he comes. Here comes the boy. Yep. Okay. Now Look at that boy. Now the podcast has begun. We've had. Here come, here come that boy. Oh, here shit, come what that up? boy. <laughs> oh lord, he coming. Oh. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I um. I'm, like, super tired right now because I have been at a small relative's birthday party. My nephew's birthday party was today. He turned four, and it was at, like, a uh, a BMX bike track. Like, dirt with, like, the hills and stuff. So it was, like... Were they a bunch of four-year-olds doing six stunts? They weren't doing six stunts. <laughs> that's amazing. It wasn't, like, a super extreme course. Like, there were some pretty big hills... And then there was a smaller track for smaller kids, and then an even smaller track for the very smallest of kids. Um, and they were all kind of all over the place, but it was just like, I spent my entire morning surrounded by small children on bikes. How, how old do you have to be before you have enough of a sense of balance to actually, like, balance on a bicycle? So, my... No, let all... Yeah, so it was it was actually like a dual birthday party for uh, my nephew, who turned four, and then another kid from, I think they took ski lessons together, who turned five. And it seemed like all of the kids who were, um... Kitty, stop it! Sorry. Um, <laughs> all of the kids, all of the kids who were four and under were still on, like, their... I guess this is what they're doing nowadays, instead of giving them a small bike with training wheels they give them a small bike that doesn't have pedals, so they just kind of, like, push themselves along with their feet um, while learning how to maneuver, like, a regular bike that just doesn't have pedals. So it seemed like all of the kids, like, four and under, like my nephew and my older niece, both had those kinds of bikes. And then all the kids that were a little older, like five and six maybe, had regular bikes with pedals. So I guess that's sort of the cutoff, is, like... So. Between four and five. I think when I was that little, I had a big wheel. I don't know if you guys remember big wheels. Yeah, Carl. I don't know if I don't know if big uh, wheels came to Sweden. It brings a bell. It's uh, it was basically like a little three-wheeled bike where the the wheel in two wheels in back and one in front, but the one in front was really large. See, when you say big wheel. Like, I know that that's what you're talking about, but I think of those old-timey bicycles with oh, the God. giant... <laughs> I'm just... Oh, God. What are they called? Like a velocipede or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I, I think that's right. So I'm just picturing, like, tiny, tiny Kyla six feet up in the air <laughs> on top of oh, a my giant... God. How does it... Speaking of, like, being old enough to balance on a bike, how did anyone ever ride those goddamn things? I feel like you had to use a stepladder to get onto the bike or I don't I don't know I don't know I'm I'm sort of upset that those are even once you're on it seems like that would be incredibly difficult to ride yeah I'm just amazed that 
uh, like someone said, we need a, a vehicle that is propelled with pedals and wheels. And that's the first design they came up with, like, one giant wheel and a tiny little nothing wheel in back. Like, what? What? I think, so I think the purpose of it is that somehow the big wheel um, is, makes it, it's either that it makes it um, more stable when it's in motion, or it makes it so you don't have to pedal as hard, because it, like, you get more work out of the energy that you put into it, basically. That makes sense if they um, didn't have, like, the gear set up necessary for... Yeah. yeah. So I think that's why it's huge, but it still looks like it would be, like, ponderous and impossible to drive. I want one of those with two big wheels. <laughs> <laughs> so just an incredibly tall bike. Yeah. bike. Oh my god. Carl... I was gonna say, how would you get onto it? But how would you get onto a velocipede anyway? So, Carl, I don't want a one of those with two giant wheels, but I really hope that you get one someday. <laughs> like someday, someday, you can just like commission someone to make you a giant bike. Ah, I love it. This is one of one of Carl's many brilliant ideas. Along with that, there's a message here. That I noticed from our chat, from our text chat last time that okay. we were doing an episode. <laughs> I have to, Carl. I have to. Um, where, because we had, I'd been talking about my prog trip at the beginning and the ossuary, and Carl mentioned that an ossuary should be called a bone gallow, <laughs> which is my favorite, favorite pun. That was a very good pun. Sorry to embarrass you. <laughs> That's why I didn't mention it. Look, if there's anything this community loves and appreciates, it's puns. Yeah, especially puns that can be easily misread as sexual. That, yeah, definitely. That is like that is like <laughs> this this community's oeuvre. Yep. Sexy, anyway, sexy puns. Thank you and congratulations, Carl. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, alright, uh, any, anybody else do anything interesting the past couple weeks, or the, oh. today, even? I haven't done anything. <laughs> I've been playing, uh, more Super Metroid on my stream. Had a real difficult boss fight today, because I totally forgot about a mechanic that I had. Oh, I love slash hate when that happens. When you struggle I because when of... That happens. Because you feel amazing once you figure it out. It's like, oh, this was actually super easy and I'm so powerful. But until you figure it out, it's like, why? The, the most frustrating thing. Yeah, except I didn't figure it out. One of, one of my people said, uh, have you tried doing blank? And I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot I can do that. Yep. That's, I guess that's sort of the peril of uh, only playing a game once a week. Yeah, and having yeah, to come back to it. it. And well, so the reason is because uh it's the like charge beam attack that that Samus has and I never use it on standard enemies. It's like pretty much only useful for bosses. So it's not just that I'm going a week <coughs> between playing, but it's like I forget about it between boss fights. Yeah. That'll do it. But, uh. Yeah. No, I finished watching The Dragon Prince. I don't know if I've brought up The Dragon Prince on this stream yet or not. 
I don't know it's if you new. have either. It sounds familiar, but... It's a new Netflix original show, animated. It's by um, a couple of the people who did uh, Avatar. Um, right. It, it's in a really, like, awkward... Uh, like, I don't think it's actually rotoscoped, but it looks like a, like a rotoscoped 3D animation thing. Um, maybe you know more about the actual, like, how it's made. It looks like the way cheap kids' cartoons are made in 3D these days. Yeah, yeah. I sort of, I haven't watched it, but I, I can sort of, like, visualize the kind of thing that you're talking about. Like, um, (laughs) if you've seen, like, Elena of Avalor, it's kind of a similar visual style to that, I would say. Um, and it's, it's mostly fine, except, like, I feel like it's really good for action sequences and really bad for faces. Yeah. Um, so occasionally when they're trying to have, like, a, a meaningful moment, I just get completely taken out because I, like, I get super weirded out by their facial expressions. It's, it's weird to me that all of these shows kind of have a very similar visual style. And, um, like, when I was working at Old Navy and we had, like, kids clothes that were with like all these licensed characters on them and it's weird because like obviously the designs on the shirts are like 2d representations of these 3d model characters but you could immediately tell or i could i guess which shows are aired as three like which are based on 3d models and which ones are based on 2d designs because the 3d models are all terrible they're awful boring designs um, yeah. And I, I noticed on a box of Rice Krispies, um, cause I, I, I don't know, a couple weeks ago I, I made Rice Krispie treats and brought them over, um, when I went and visited, uh, my stepbrother and his wife and their nephews, just like, Rice Krispie treats for the kids. And I noticed that the, um, the drawings on the box of the, Elves, what Snap, Crackle, and Pop, I guess, are the names of the yeah, Rice Krispie treats or whatever. The no, Rice Krispie, Krispie <laughs> sorry, yeah, the yeah Rice of the Rice Krispie uh, Gremlins. <laughs> and when I was growing up, like they, the design has changed, but I guess it's now based on the designs that they have for them in the commercials, which are three D models. So now they look awful. <laughs> like they just, they all have the same face. I don't know. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I, no, that's not great. Yeah, I like, I get it. Animation is really expensive, and you kind of have to be able to churn these things out for kids, so the design suffers, but it's, yeah. it I is mean, kind of depressing. The Dragon Prince is just, like, realistic looking, which is not that interesting. Um, and, like, it's, it's, if you look at the stills, the stills look fairly okay. It's when they're in motion that it looks oh, really yeah. off. This is, yeah, these are like cell-shaded 3D yeah. models like they use in anime now. Yeah. Which is which is slightly better, but but yeah, they they generally don't move super well. Yeah, uh. it, it just, I don't know. And it's a, it's a fine show. It's not like amazing. Um, I wouldn't like put it on par with Avatar in terms of, like, storytelling or characters. I feel like it's it's cute, it's fine, it's entertaining. Um, but, like, so far, like, I haven't really connected with any of the characters in the way that you connect with the characters in Avatar. And, um, 
I feel like sometimes it it tries a little too hard to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> in a way that's a little off-putting. But it's fine, and, you know, it's got dragons in it, so that's, for me, that's a... Like, I have a fairly low bar in terms of, like, what I will watch if there's dragons or I'm what looking, I will in. I mean, I'm looking at this poster, and that is a cool-looking dragon. Like, that is I a, know, that right? is a really dope design for a dragon. Yeah, so. World building is really good. Like, I really like the fantasy world, and I kind of wish that they would get out of their own way and let the fantasy world shine a little bit more. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. We finished the first season. Um, I guess brief spoilers for the end of the first season, but a thing happens that heavily implies that there will be a baby dragon in much of the second season. Ooh. So, you know, I'm already signed off. <laughs> So <laughs> I uh, see I see a picture of a baby dragon that is probably the one that you're talking yeah, about. Probably. I think there's only one that is relevant. So it's Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Wait. Uh, is the, is its name Azamondius? Yes. Uh, I think I yeah, like I, I like fantasy. I like that that's just Ozymandias with two letters switched around. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Basically. Uh, yeah, oh, well. It's Ozymandias instead of Ozymandias. But... Whatever. That's fine. But it's freaking adorable, though. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. Nice. I... Uh, have I watched anything good recently? I don't know. Eh. Eh. I can't think of anything, so... <laughs> I've been, I've not been consuming media. I've been cooking a lot, I guess. We could make this the cooking podcast again. I, I yeah. I, I made some soup. Veggies. Yeah. Uh. Oh, that's right. And you and I did a soup exchange. Yeah, we swapped here. recipes. Heck yeah. Oh man, you sent me a recipe for Spanish garlic soup. That thing looks insane. It looks rad. <laughs> it's weird, heck? it's weird because it's like a bread a, it's a bread-based soup. It's where, a bread and garlic soup. Yeah. What? Which, like, it doesn't sound like it should work, but it works super well. I don't make that one very often because it's a lot of garlic to, like, slice, and you gotta kind of slice it really thin. Um, That's okay. We have a mortar and pestle that we use to mash our garlic. So. Yeah, that would probably work really well. Um, but it's really good when you're sick because, like, I don't know. I guess garlic is supposed to be good for you when you're sick. I don't know if that really holds up uh, if it's <laughs> if it's cooked. But it that's, feels good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that feels like it's getting into your sinuses and clearing them out. Yeah, so that's one that I make when I'm sick. Uh, nice. Subscribe, like, comment, and subscribe to this podcast for soup recipes. Heck <laughs> yeah. yeah! I need you, your soup recipes. Yeah, we'll Dude, send you. Soup we have recipes. a whole email chain now. We can totally send you a bunch of soup recipes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have an email that I wrote. I think Seanbo actually was the original recipient of this email. Yeah, he was. He's like, I, I'm like, I have a bunch of vegetarian soup recipes. Do you want them? And he's like, Yeah. And so I wrote them up. It was him and uh, Kurosh, who is our uh, like the art director at the USC Game Lab. Um, and they were like, oh man, I want some of these soup recipes. And I'm like, I'll write it up in an email. And then I've just been forwarding that same email to everyone that I ever talked to about soups. Yeah, the, the, uh, the initial email from Sean is still like at the bottom. I scrolled down. I saw it. I was like, oh, <laughs> nice. 
We're now we're all in like a super secret exclusive soup recipe club. Yes. That's the best kind of club. Heck yeah. Ugh. I also want to say because it's stuck in my head now. Um, for whatever reason, the baby shark song keeps coming up. People keep mentioning it, and every time I someone mentions, every time someone mentions it, I know it gets stuck in people's heads. But the thing is. I don't remember it well enough, so instead I get Manamana stuck into my head with just the word baby shark. So it's baby shark do 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 <laughs> baby shark do 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 do. That's, so that's in my head right now. That's a really good like that's an upgrade, I think. I would call that an upgrade. <laughs> the combination of two of the world's catchiest songs. They said it was impossible. They said science couldn't do it. The, the most ambitious crossover meme. Yep. Anyway, I just felt the need to blame you for that. That's fair. I I actually um who who is like the late night show? I I knocked something off of my desk. <laughs> okay. or knocked something over on my desk. That was yeah. Um, I think James Corden. I think is that. But he did a thing about Baby Shark, and I don't, like, he had people on to sing the song, and I don't remember who he had as Mommy Shark, but then Josh Groban came on and sang the Daddy Shark part. Um, So my sister showed me that clip today while we were all over there. Ah, okay, that explains it. Yeah. No, that doesn't explain it, because Carl is the one who... I'm the one who... Oh, yeah, it was Carl. (laughs) See, I, I already had it stuck in my head when Carl got it stuck in your head. So, <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, dang it, Carl. If only, um, I'm trying to come up with a segue and it's not happening. We could have, I could have done a segue when we were talking about cooking. Like, speaking of cooking, donuts, but that, um, you don't, you don't get a segue this episode. You don't, you don't need a segue. Segways are a luxury. You need to not get used to. Deserve a segue. <laughs> I mean, I think you do deserve a segue. Thank you. But, I'm sorry. But I don't mean to. I don't mean to impugn your honor. Yeah, you right. Segways don't grow on trees, and we're doing the best we can here. <laughs> uh, so, with that being said, uh, the game that we have been playing for the past couple weeks is Donut County, which yeah. was which was made by. Ben Esposito and published by Annapurna Interactive again because yeah. we games is that now that we've played or that they that they made we played I think that this was our third I in, could be wrong like a, but this is like third in a row our third in not in a row but in pretty short succession yeah um because because Edith Finch I think was our first one and then uh and then I we went. did Gorogoa. Yeah, then we did Gorogoa. But we did From Dust and Papers, Please in between. Wait, was Papers, Please? Papers, Please is not Annapurna. Okay. I checked. No, okay, okay. <laughs> Good. I was like, wait uh, a minute. Gone Home is is Annapurna, um, which we talked about a lot when we talked about Edith Finch and... Uh, um, also about the, and when we talked about Tacoma. Yeah, and when we talked about Tacoma, but I was going to say, yeah, whatever other walking sim we talked about with Edith Finch. Dear Esther. Um, yeah. So, uh, and and we still intend to play Kentucky Route Zero. So we have just, I think they just have, like, 
good choices for games to pick up. Yeah. Like, there's at least, I'm looking at their list of games, and there's, like, at least a couple others that I have played or want to play, so. Yeah, it's it's really nicely curated publishing, I guess. Yep. And they're doing Outer Wilds, which is a uh, USC thesis project turned, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, turned full game, so that's exciting. Oh, yeah, I think I played some alpha for this. Yeah, it's a, it's a nifty game. I've, um, I've looked I at it. I played, like, the, the student thesis version uh, when I was still in... Uh, LA because it was just like the year right after me. So it's mm-hmm. like I already knew all the people involved. Nice. So yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna definitely do an episode on that one so you can tell yep. us about how it's progressed. Yep. I'll, I'll see if, uh, oh I yeah, you find can... a way to contact the, the kids <laughs> we, from the OC. We could I... just try to get them on here. Yeah, I'm not as, I'm not as much in contact, uh, in contact with the, the people from that year, unfortunately, yeah. but I, I bet I could talk to someone who is probably so yeah maybe we can see if we can get the devs on when that one comes out yeah but we don't have the devs on for this one which is donut county yeah i I feel like i have to say it again because we kind of yeah meandered around a little bit yep uh so yeah donut county is a game that was based off of a tweet by uh parody account peter molly which is just uh, a Peter Molyneux fake account that tweets like not more serious game ideas. I was gonna say not exclusively like silly game pitches, but mostly silly game pitches. Yeah, like I saw one I don't know yesterday maybe where it was like a, a two player co op game, and when one person moves, both of you age rapidly. And then when the other person moves, you both rapidly get younger. <laughs> that See, is, like, these are would, all great ideas. Yeah, that would be some really intense co-op, I think. Yep. I'd play it. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I would... Well, I would play it for a little while and probably both, like, get mad at whoever I was playing with and they would be mad at me. And then we'd stop. But it would be an experience. like. <laughs> and I think that's... That's the point, is that it's an experience. Yes. Um, so this one was based on a tweet about uh, make a game where you control a hole in the ground. Um, so this is a game where you control a hole in the ground. Uh, and also it's about raccoons. Yes. Not you, Flippo. He is, like, kind of... I think maybe if you saw him out of the corner of your eye... And he didn't meow very loudly, which that's that's a big if. Uh, you, he could ostensibly be mistaken for a raccoon because he's sort of kind of in the same neighborhood of color. Is he a trash monster? Yes. <laughs> he he. I don't know. Sometimes he like gets the idea that there's something delicious in my trash can, and he will knock it over. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this is a game about collecting people's trash. And by collecting people's trash, I mean just, like, all their stuff. All of it. Um, it's sort of like Katamari Damashi, but the opposite. Um, you have a hole, and you can put the hole under things to drop them in the hole. And then as you do that, the hole gets bigger and bigger. You can is there any explanation why the hole gets bigger? No. There's not a, a lot of explanation for a lot of this. You come in sort of yes. in media rest. Yeah. 
I mean, I guess the ultimate explanation is that um, the the whole the the whole initiative was launched in order to collect more trash because the raccoons need more trash. Like that's their, I guess, their most precious resource is trash. So they need to collect trash from people, um, and that's why all of the raccoons have an app that enables them to control a hole and collect trash. Yep, and it's gamified, so, like, as they collect more trash, they level up, and they can get sweet prizes. Like a quadcopter. Yep. Or a trip to Raccoon Lagoon. <laughs> oh, which is a raccoon-themed water park. Oh, yeah, um, raccoon yeah. lagoon. Yeah, so you come into the story kind of uh, in the middle of things, or kind of actually after things, mostly, uh, when your raccoon friend... Uh, what's his name? BK. BK. Uh, BK has, uh, destroyed the whole town. And you're all sitting at the bottom of a hole, uh, around a campfire, blaming BK for dropping you all down this hole. And then it's a series of flashbacks wherein you do the actual dropping of people. Uh, and then you go on a quest to, uh, fight the trash king and figure out a way to get everybody out of the hole. Yep. And, yeah. Some some light puzzle solving. I was going to say, it's sort of got puzzles in it. Yeah. Um, most of the puzzles involve putting things into a hole, or sometimes eventually launching them out of a hole. Yes, you do get a, you do get a catapult mechanic, eventually. So there's things like, you know, launch the frog out of the hole so he can get the flies or, you know, launch the eggs out of the hole to hit the target or, you know, put something on fire in the hole and then move the fire like the smoky fire over to things to catch them on fire and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I think calling it a puzzle game is a bit of a stretch. Yeah. It's it's puzzle light. I think there, there are like a couple things that I would consider puzzles in like the very last bit when yeah. you're actually in the in the raccoon headquarters, but I I've got a list of all the levels up if we want to just kind of briefly yeah, talk about each of well. them. So uh, it starts off where you're texting each other. So there's like a text mechanic where you just like push a button and it and it makes the next message come up, and you can also quack at <laughs> at whoever you're texting. And if you quack enough, they quack back. Yes. Yep. And you you could get an achievement for quacking enough times. I did that. Yeah, I played it on mobile, so I did not have the achievements available, oh. unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, sh- ah, I did it again. My Facebook is making noise again. Sorry, you can't hear it, but it's on. It's in the recording now. Uh, whoops. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm just hoping you guys can't hear the intense amount of typing that's going on in this room. Oh, I now now when it's quiet, I can hear it, so that means we should talk. Uh, okay, so. <laughs> So the first level is uh, Potter, Potter's Rock, who is, he makes the pottery. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, basically collect a bunch of stuff. They're also, I should mention that most of the people in the village are, like, animals or weird cartoon entities, and Potter is a dog, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the the tragedy of of Potter is that uh, his son, Pup, somehow ended up in their hot air balloon that they just have at their house, tied to their house, uh, and 
and Pup, like, drifted away in the hot air balloon yes. after everything got sucked into the hole. Yeah, because you basically, you devoured the weights that are keeping the, the hot air balloon down. And then Pup flies away. Yeah. Poor Pup. Poor Pup. Also, that makes no sense. It's okay. <laughs> it, it is okay. Don't you have, don't you, like, um, start the fire in the, like, the hot air balloon's fire thing that makes it go, isn't that? Possibly. Maybe. That's, That's probably part of it. Yeah. Everything really is secondary to whole, so. Yeah. You know. Yep. Um, the next level is the ranger station with the snakes. Oh, so, yeah. So you've got a couple puzzles where, like, you, you drop a snake into hole and the snake's tail is sticking out, so you have to, like, manipulate some items, uh, in the environment. Yeah, with the snake tail. With the snake tail. Oh my god, Kitty, you're being really annoying today. <laughs> um, the next level is the riverbed. Oh, that's, uh, Salt, Salt and Pepper, I think, are the two characters who were, I like, they were, like, best friends, that and they... you the water mechanic, yeah. right? Yeah, so the hole fills up with water, so you have to get it under one of those water-drinking, counterweighted bird things, and the bird drinks the water, and then you just, you eat everything that's eat. You, uh... You devour the landscape. Drop, yeah, everything that isn't water. Um, next one is the... Oh, the next one is the campground, the, like, Joshua Tree. Oh, yeah, that's probably one of my favorites, because you have to set shit on fire. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the first time I played it, I think this level might have bugged out on me, where it just didn't... Because um, basically, the way it generally works is you start very small, and then as the hole gets bigger, it also the camera also zooms out and shows you more stuff that you're able to drop in the hole. And that didn't happen at some point where it was sort of supposed to happen, but I reloaded the level and it worked fine, so that was not a... Yeah, so you you, you devour, like, coals from the barbecue, and they make your hole spout fire for a little bit, and then you can use that to catch the trees on fire, which, like, breaks them up into small enough pieces that you can put them in the hole. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is Hopper Springs with... The carrot, or with the bunnies and the carrots, which was one of my favorite mechanics. Uh, if you get two rabbits into the hole, it plays a bunch of music and hearts spout out, and then the hole gets huge, implying that the rabbits just reproduced a whole bunch. Yeah, and then the the hole starts spewing out rabbits. Yeah, it's, I thought that was like really, really cute. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the audio cue that plays when when the hearts are coming out is like really really good. I don't know. It's just like bassy and percussive and really intense. I don't know. It appeals to me for some reason. I don't even remember what it was. I played this like the very first evening after like our previous podcast. I and so I'm a little bit like it's it's been a oh, little bit. That's fair. I I played it like three times now and then I went back and played a couple of levels that I just liked um and grabbed a couple extra achievements. It's it's like a two hour game. Yeah, it's but pretty quick. It's, yeah, it's it does not take very much time to get through. Uh okay, next level is the 
beach with the fireworks stand. So oh, yeah. in that one, you uh, you drop lit fireworks into the hole, and then they like explode. Yeah, they shoot out like missiles out of the hole. So you basically use it to break a a rock overhang where a girl is having a picnic, and then and then you eat her with the hole and everything else. Uh, I should mention, as sort of a, an intercut, I guess we could we could talk about it afterwards, but I'm gonna forget. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe one of the best things about the game is everything you drop in the hole gets uh, put in a little like encyclopedia type thing, so you yes. can read a description of it after the level. Um, the Trashopedia, mm-hmm. and uh, they're all like descriptions from the point of view of the raccoons. Uh, which is pretty fantastic. I think that that writing is like one of the best parts of the game. Yeah. So there, there'll be like, like a, a soup can or a soda can and it'll be like, this is an impenetrable fortress that holds food. It holds delicious treasures inside. Or I think there was one that was like a, a cooking pot and it was like, this heats up very hot to protect your food from thieves. <laughs> yeah. Or I don't know, they'd like trash, uh, not trash. Cardboard boxes being described as a free house. Yep. Um, there was my favorite one was uh, I think it was the lizards. It's like these have sticky feet. If I had sticky feet, I would walk on the ceiling and scream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite one. I I felt that one pretty pretty deeply in my heart. You walked on it. Yeah. Walk on the ceiling and scream. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of lizards, the next one is, uh, there are chameleons. Oh, this is the, um, is this the, this is like the, the, the old man, possibly dog man who lives in the neighborhood and he like knows like that BK has been causing all of this trouble the whole time. Uh, yeah. but there are like chameleons and they're camouflaged and you got to pick them up and Nothing yeah, else they're, really hard, they're hard to spot, but you can see their eyes if you look closely. Mm-hmm. There's an achievement there if you can, because uh, there's like a little radio playing music mm-hmm. uh, in that scene, and if you drop it down the hole, the music stops. So if you drop everything else down the hole but leave the radio to last, you get an achievement. Yeah, I think it's called Music Lover. Yeah. I uh, had to drop it because the sound was like, it was so loud. Was it? It was like it wasn't affected by the volume slider. Oh, that's weird. Whoops. Hmm. Uh, okay, the next the next one is the one where you get the catapult. It's okay. the chicken chicken barn. Yeah, so there's, there's poor poor sad chicken being separated from her chicken husband. Yep. Uh, what's the chicken's name? I don't remember. Like Henrietta or Henrietta, something else yeah. funny. Like just kiss the chicken. No. Um and and yeah, the the puzzles basically just involve like shooting things out of the hole and flipping a switch. Yeah, because think... the with the with the catapult, whatever you took into the hole recently and ki- the game kind of picks the item for you rather than it being actually what you dropped in most recently. Um but the uh the game allows you to shoot that item out of the hole based on wherever the hole is located. Yeah, so basically I think you reunite the chicken with her chicken husband. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's out in the yard in a cage like, "Oh, business is so bad. We had to sell we had to sell our prize rooster." And like the chicken is like crying. 
He's sitting yeah. in the barn and she's crying, looking at a photo of her husband. <laughs> um, I think, I think the main goal is to get, you reunite the chicken with her husband and then she starts popping out like tens of eggs and you have to get all the eggs into the hole so that the hole gets big enough so that you can swallow the barn. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, the next one is Honey Nut Forest, which is the one with the honey honeybees and the frog. So right. you drop a frog into the hole, and then you can catapult it out, and the frog will eat a bee, and then drag the bee down with it, which makes the hole even larger. Mm-hmm. Um, that's basically all is in that one. Uh, cat Soup. Uh, the worst level. Yeah. So uh. you you have to fill the hole with soup from the restaurant and then season the soup with salt and pepper and, and get the drinking bird to drink and feed it to the drinking bird. However, every time you season the soup, a cockroach will come out of one of the holes in the wall and try to get into the soup. So if a cockroach gets into the soup, it's ruined and you have to start over. And it makes it makes the bird like I don't know, puke or something. Yeah. I don't know, there's some there's some reaction that it has. Yeah, this one was a little bit annoying. But also, those cockroaches are just a little bit too, like, too well real. animated, like cockroaches. <laughs> yeah, it's like really distressing. Um, the next one is the donut shop where BK actually works, and you just eat everything. That's this is like the turning point of the story, where like everyone admits, Kitty. Kitty, please. Sorry. <laughs> he wants to go out of the room, but I'm not letting him out of the room because children and dogs, there's a lot of things going on in the house today. Um, yep. So, yeah, we're like, everyone has sort of, it has been revealed that BK is behind all of the trash and the disappearances. That was pretty obvious. Yeah, it was super obvious. Also, um, in that level, it's not actually BK. That deploys the whole right? Oh, right, it's like his, yeah, it's his friend, the human friend is the yeah. one who, like, deploys the hole in order to teach BK a lesson. Yeah. Um, and uh, also smashes his quadcopter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next one is the abandoned house where you recruit the possum. The possum, who is, like, a conspiracy theorist, and Mira thinks that he's creepy, which he kind of is. Um, and he was saying, like, that the earth is flat but also hollow. <laughs> that kind of conspiracy theory. So you are recruiting the uh, possum to try to fix the the issue. And the, the gimmick with this level is that it's all dark. So you have to swallow a flashlight and then batteries for the flashlight to shine light out of the hole so that you can see what you're... What you're... Yeah, what you're dropping. Hole. But also there's a cat in the level... And if the cat runs into the hole, then it automatically loses all its light. Yeah. Which I don't understand quite why that happens, but sure. We don't question it. Yep. Yeah, no. <laughs> like most things in this game, we don't question. Um, then the next one is... Oh my god, Kitty, you're being so annoying. The next one is Raccoon Lagoon. So... Kitty, please... Stop! Ah! This is gonna be just a mess of an episode. <laughs> wow. Um, 
you need the raccoon police police scanner to find out where Pup and the hot air balloon are so that you can take the hot air balloon to Raccoon HQ. So uh, the raccoon police chief is on vacation at Raccoon Lagoon, so you have to basically destroy the whole thing just to get the police scanner. Mm-hmm. So in that one, you have to use water in the hole to make a water wheel on like a flume ride go. And yep. that's really the only only noteworthy thing. Yeah, I think you also spin a Ferris wheel around with yeah, the water that, pump. That too. Yeah, that crashes into the mountain. Yeah. yeah. It makes the mountain yeah, you, explode. You do a lot of destruction. <laughs> a lot of destruction, true. Uh, the next one is the highway, where you have to... That's where... It's the first kind of combat type one, almost. Yeah, that's where the... Um, the actual hot air balloon is and all the traffic is backed up because of the hot air balloon, I guess. Uh, so you just are swallowing a bunch of cars, like a little, a little mouse car, and the raccoon police are trying to get the helicopter, not helicopter, uh, hot, hot air, air balloon plane. down, I guess, and you have to, you have to shoot raccoons onto the hot air balloon so that they grab onto it and weigh it down so that the hot air balloon like goes into the hole so that you can then have the hot air balloon. Um and then from there and then, then you swallow all the cars. And then no yeah and then you swallow all of the cars. Just because <laughs> you're not? there. Yeah, because you're there. You have a hole. You fill the hole. I mean it, it was satisfying. Yeah, it really was. Even though you don't do anything, like, the cars just start driving into the hole. You would think oh, at some point they would stop, but... I had a sudden weird flashback where I was remembering there's, like, a work of fiction where one of the characters says, What do holes want? <laughs> and, and another character says, Um, to get filled? And the character says, No, they want to get bigger. It's like, okay. Amazing. And then I remembered, it's from Carry On. Which is a lovely uh, novel that I highly recommend. It's like a gayer parody of Harry Potter. Nice. But it's written in all earnestness, and it's actually very good. It's amazing that this game managed to encompass both functions of a hole. You put things <laughs> into the hole, and also it gets bigger. Yep. Amazing. True. That's truly, this is the essence of hole. Yep. <laughs> um, and then you have the hot air balloon, so you go to the raccoon headquarters... And BK texts the trash king and says, hey, can we maybe give everyone their trash back and get them out of the holes? And trash king, first he says, new number, who dis? <laughs> um, and then he doesn't respond. So you, let's see, you start outside of Raccoon HQ and realize that there is not enough stuff to make the hole big enough to swallow the building. So the possum gives you like a little USB dongle and he's like, okay, we're going to hack into the building. So you shoot the the USB at a security camera and then that enables you to spawn a hole inside of the building. Yep. Um, and at that point you're basically just going in and wrecking up the building. Uh, yep. And this is the like level that actually has a few kind of puzzly things. Yeah. Like you have to get key cards that match certain doors and 
you have to use some of the mechanics that you learned previously to like cause things to happen in certain orders and mm-hmm. like it's actually the most like thinky of the levels which I kind of wish that like more of the whole game had been like this yeah I guess I, I, I just love colored key cards <laughs> yeah. you should bring them back in the games as a thing yeah. It's so satisfying to see like a red door and find a red key card. That's true. Yeah. You know what game has key cards? Deadly Premonition. We were talking about it uh, before the episode. Oh yeah. If you're a fan of Deadly Premonition, uh, it's on sale right now up and up through I think October 11th. It's like 250 on Steam. <laughs> yeah. So we keep saying we're gonna play it, but we ha- we never have because it's really long. But yeah, because eventually, it's like 30 hours. <laughs> eventually someday we will play it since we all have it now. Um, yeah, once once it's like once we have a time where we like know we're not going to be able to record for like a month or something, maybe. Yeah, I was I was actually going to suggest it for like the holiday season since that's when yeah, we usually maybe. take a bit of a hiatus. But anyway, the key cards. This game yeah. has a, a doom has them. I mean, really like in the... just, a lot of games have like colored keys for colored doors yeah. or or you know shapes that match a door and you have to get a key that's that shape or whatever. Yeah, I was um, I was thinking like specifically key cards and the first thing that came to mind was Doom. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's such a Doom thing. It is an extremely Doom thing, yes. Um another game that we have said we will play on this podcast. Are there at least a new one. Are there key cards in the new Doom? Oh, mm. I haven't played either mm. of them. Oh, thanks. So. Oh. I can't remember. How dare they get rid of the key cards? Possibly, maybe. Uh, So, yeah, you have to go into the biology lab and the anthropology lab, and you do more puzzles with, like, snake tails and with the frog collecting uh, flies and uh, making things go off in a specific sequence, sort of similar to the salt and pepper soup thing. Uh, And then... And then you confront the Trash King. And the Trash King... Then you have a boss battle, which is kind of a weird thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, so you, you go to the Trash King, and he's like, look, we could give them their trash back, or you can get a promotion and this solid gold quadcopter. <laughs> um, and then the quadcopter flies out, and you have to fight, you have to fight a quadcopter armed with missiles. Uh, as a whole, armed with bombs and missiles, and like a cement cannon. So that's yeah. that's the big thing. If you get hit with a cement cannon, uh, you cannot drop the bombs that later come out of the quadcopter into the hole and then catapult them back up at the uh, yep. quadcopter. It actually is trying to fill in the hole with cement, which is not, uh, not what you want. Not what you want, no. Um, and then eventually... Just when you think that BK has betrayed you in favor of the Trash King, he comes out and says, Just kidding! I didn't betray you! And then you hack the quadcopter by shooting the dongle at the quadcopter again. Uh, Yeah, that one's timed, but I don't know what happens if the time limit runs out. You just... Like, you can die in that fight. Um... Yeah, you can die in that fight. Like, the quadcopter will shoot a beam at your uh, hot air balloon, and if you get hit enough times, then you just lose. Um, but, yeah, eventually you crash the quadcopter, and 
you swallow the quadcopter, and it turns into a tornado, which you then use to destroy the uh, raccoon headquarters. headquarters. Yeah. And then everyone gets their trash back, and it's the end of the game. Yep. The world also, is restored. I really liked that boss fight, because... I don't know, I mean, this has to be, has to have been intentional, but it was, like, extremely Metal Gear. Like, the quadcopter <laughs> makes a robotic, like, roaring sound, like Metal Gear does in Metal Gear Solid, and it has that kind of music. So, that's... Yeah, no, it's, it's like, a, it it's has a cute to be and surprisingly yeah. intense little boss fight. Yeah, it was... I was, yeah, I definitely was not expecting a boss fight at the end of this game. It really was, <laughs> yeah. was a pleasant surprise. I was not expecting BK to be on your side. Yeah, they kind of, he's kind of a, a jerk for basically the whole game, so it's a bit surprising. But he does come around eventually. Yep. Even um, though you crushed his quadcopter. Yeah, even though you, you destroyed his quadcopter. Yeah, but he left. gets a new quadcopter at the end, so it's fine. Yep. And that's what you do, like, instead of a, a regular credit sequence, you fly a quadcopter around the environment, and, like, the credits pop up as you yeah, fly the, near it. Which, the credits are in the environment. Which was very nice. Yeah. That was a cute. a cute little interactive credit sequence. I always, I don't know, I always find it endearing when you have some kind of interactivity that lets you sort of uncover the credits on your own. Yeah. Which doesn't work in, uh, I would say most cases, but this <laughs> game was made by a very small team of people, so it works in this case. Yeah. There's an achievement on the credit screen, too, if you fly the quadcopter through the donut hole. Yeah. And there's the there's another one. I had to look this one up because I was like, what yeah. what is this? The the getaway vehicle? So if you... I looked up a bunch of... Yeah. If you find the anchor and follow it, like, all the way the fuck up to, like, the top of the level, there's a giant blimp that's shaped like a raccoon. It's like, it's an air... It's an airship! Like, <laughs> like, you know, a JRPG giant blimp, but with like a pirate ship floating underneath it. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's the Trash King's getaway vehicle, and it's, nice. it's all screwed with raccoons. Really cute. <laughs> there was also, um, there's, there's like a, an achievement for you can like break into the secret safe in Rac- yeah. Raccoon Headquarters. Uh, you can make like the perfect soup recipe. Mm-hmm. In the soup kitchen level, and it's uh, I don't know. It seems like there's some there's some kind of cute Easter eggs. The game is I feel like cute is sort of the operative word for yes. this game. Like yeah. everything about it is very cute, and it's it's like funny in the moment, but it has a sort of like cotton candy appeal to it, where there's just not a lot of substance to this game. You play it, and then you're like, well, that was fine. I'm done. Yeah, cotton candy is also a very appropriate com- comparison because of that video that <laughs> I know, everyone I has seen about it. of yeah of the video. raccoon trying to wash his cotton candy and it just dissolves. Poor thing. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. Like it's like it's cute, and I was like, you know, it's ex- it's exciting as a concept, and it it tries so it like tentatively does a few of the things that. You know, of the to to sort of live up to that promise, but in the end, it's just sort of like very insubstantial. Yeah, I think. Yeah, but at the same time, I would say like even though it's insubstantial, it's it's pretty like soothing to play. It, yeah, it really like, it's is. It's pretty satisfying to just 
dumb sh- dumb shit into a hole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's perfectly good for what it is, like, at the time you're playing it, I think. Mm-hmm. It's only afterwards that it, like, I don't know, it just doesn't really stick with you in the way that some of the other games we've played have. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we mentioned really liking the sort of later, more puzzly levels, and I think, I think there's still stuff that you could do with this concept in order yeah. to make a little bit more engaging, uh, challenges, not even like real challenging challenges, but things where you just have to kind of engage a little bit more and yeah. figure out. It reminded me more of, um, like of the things we've played, it reminded me most of Botanicula, actually. Um, because in that game, you just like click on things in the screen until the thing that you want happens. Yeah. So it's not really a puzzle game so much as it's like a fun interactive toy. And I love that game. Like, I'm, I'm all about that game. But this had a sort of similar vibe to me in that like, it didn't really feel like a puzzle. It just felt like you were sort of playing with this hole for a while. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but it, it did feel like there was a lot of like, unlived up to potential, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't, and I don't even know if I would say that it was like wasted potential. I think that there's more to explore there, but I don't, I feel like that wasn't necessarily the objective. Yeah, that's probably true. Like, like, you could make a sequel with more puzzles and like more interesting uses of the whole mechanic and I will totally play it, but I'm I'm not going to be like, ah, oh, I'm mad that I got this game because, like I said, I've yeah. played it like three plus times at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm definitely not mad that yeah, I played yeah, yeah. Um, Unlike other certain games on this channel that I could name. That's <laughs> um, okay, we won't get into it. Um, but the... Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's very much a like there could be a sequel. And it it was also like clearly intended for a very casual audience. Like it's not trying to be like a heavy puzzle game. Yeah. It's just it's just trying to be kind of a, a cute, fun, casual, like you know, something to make you kinda of smile a little bit for a couple hours and then it's done. And I mean considering this game's origins as a Peter Molydew tweet it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing that they shipped something that actually felt like a full game. Yeah, that's so, true. So that, in that respect, definitely a success, I would say. Yeah, that's about all you could hope for for the implementation of a concept like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We all kind of agree there's not a whole lot to say about this game, but I will say, uh, the art style is cute. Yep. Again, cute, like very low poly, yeah. but with really endearing character designs. Uh, yeah, the art is cute, the sound is cute, the, the music, story and the music is really cute. good because it's Ben Esposito who just does good music. Um, I a long, long time ago, I streamed a game called Animal Inspector, which that's the one that I was trying to think of when we talked about Papers Please. Papers Please is uh, like Animal Inspector, which is like a game where there are too many animals in the world. So you work for a government agency that's like getting rid of excess animals. <laughs> so you have to like choose. There's a, there's a really interesting twist to it. Um, it's a very short game. It's on itch.io for free. You can get it there. But Ben Esposito did the music for that. Um, so it's, it's, you know, whatever, whatever he's involved, you know, you got a good soundtrack. Um, 
which I just I just needed. I felt like I you gotta say it. No, that's, you know, that's fair. So. I'll have to check out that game. It sounds fun. Yeah. Um. The the for what it's worth, the controls on the uh on the iPad were were pretty good. Um. Because you don't you move it obviously by moving around your finger, but you don't have to have your finger over the hole in order to move it. You can just put your finger anywhere on the screen, like in the corner, oh, and move it just in very small motions to move the hole around. Um, so you're not blocking like the view of the things as you're moving the hole around. So that I feel like was was very important and was a good design feature. That's good. Yeah, that's that's a good way of handling it. Because yeah, in the in the PC version, like the the hole just follows your cursor. So yeah, but the cursor is like doesn't block your view that much, so it's not. Well, the cursor doesn't even appear. Yeah, like the cur- like the hole just takes the place of your cursor. The hole is the cursor, yeah. In in so those segments, it's, it's it's not a problem. Whereas on mobile, like you, if you did that with your finger, you would be blocking most of the screen as you did it. So yeah, good, nice, nice mobile. Adaptation. Yep. A, a, a thing to, like, take a look at if you are someone who's, like, porting things or, you know, wants to do a mobile-friendly interface. Like, it's a good case study. Nice. Uh, so have we already run out of things to say? <laughs> I mean, um, pretty much. I like this. Yeah. I was gonna say, the story is cute. <laughs> it's all cute. It's all very cute. Yeah, the the writing is nice. I don't know. I like it's mostly dialogue. Yeah. There's big sections of dialogue. Like, it's kind of like quippy and, you know, it's not exactly like meme heavy. Like I don't think it's going to age as poorly as some like meme heavy stuff, but it it, it might age. I think eventually it's going to age and the dialogue's going to feel really weird and dated because it's very much like in net speak in yeah. a lot of it. That's true. Uh, oh, I had a thing and I forgot it. Oh, I was gonna say that the dialogue is nowhere near like gyromancer quality. Japes. (laughs) No japes involved. No japes involved, unfortunately. You mean not as good or not as bad? Both. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Alright. Yeah, no, I mean, that's it. If you want, like, you know, a fun way to while away a couple hours. It is that, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I I bought it the day it came out, and man, am I not mad about it. So, <laughs> it, it, yeah. Yeah. And it's not very expensive, especially if you get it on mobile. I think it's only five bucks, so. And I think on Steam it's like ten or 15. something. Fifteen, okay. Yeah. Oh, I got it, yeah, because I got it, like, right when it came out, so it was slightly discounted. I think it was, like, ten percent off or something, so. So it's, uh, you know, if you, if you really, really like and want achievements, you can pay that extra ten bucks to get your achievements. Yeah. Or you can get it on mobile. Yeah. Or if you're really, really, like, hyped for the new Katamari Damachi, you can play this meanwhile. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it did remind me, uh, of a much lower stress Katamari Damachi. Yeah. Because Katamari Damashi is timed, so it's very high stress, but this is not timed. Because it's timed and also you're being judged. You're being judged. You're being judged by the king who is just not impressed by anything. Yep. You know, uh, 
you guys remember Teddy from when we did the Hyperlight Drifter yes. episode. Yeah. Uh, I think he was the one, someone did, but I think it was him, uh, gave a, a quick talk at USC um, when we were doing Pecha Kuchas about uh, things that are at stake in games other than your life. So games where failure doesn't mean that you die, it means something else. And uh, Katamari Damashii was used as an example because the thing at stake is your father's love. Yeah, that is that is a, <laughs> your an father's amazing, love and approval. <laughs> that is an amazing example. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah I. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to um, to a new new ish Katamari Damashii. Yeah, I was gonna say it's just a remake of the original one, isn't it? I Does think it there, I think <laughs> there are some, like I think there are some ported levels, and some of them are original to this version. Ah. Is my understanding? I could be wrong, but yeah. either way, like, I'll, I'm gonna buy it. I'm, I'm happy to have, I'm happy to have a new Katamari game on any platform. So yeah, if I ever get a Switch, that is absolutely one of the games that I will pick up because I love me some Katamari. Yeah, it's. Oh, but I just, I just hope they don't use the gyro. Oh, uh, I, they, they probably, like, if they do, it'll be an option, is my guess. Because I don't, I think at this point, everyone has kind of agreed that gyro controls are just not great. Um, So, like, I think it would be fun to play with for maybe, like, a, a level with gyro controls and like tilting it all around, but I yeah. I feel like nobody wants that for the whole game. And I think they they probably know that nobody wants that for the full game, so Yeah. Fingers crossed. I hadn't even considered that possibility and now I'm afraid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, we're really gonna have to apologize to listeners in the description of this episode for like the sheer amount of noises going on in it. It's yeah. Oh wow. There's some kind of weird metallic like grinding noise I think happening in the background. Oh shit. Oh god damn it. It's they're building a house across the street. Um <laughs> and so I I don't know what the deal is. I think it's like a contractor who is building his own house and having his own like people because they they're like there is not a single day of the week where there's not something going on over there. So, yeah. like, it's Sunday now, which you wouldn't think there would be construction work happening. And yet, there yeah, is. And yet. Um, construction, and, cats, knocking things over. Yeah, like, every day, construction sounds wake me up. I should have probably, Ooh. I should have probably shut my window, but I didn't think about it. But. Oh, well. Oh, well. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> yes. Sorry, guys. Uh, better luck next time. Yeah. Speaking, oh, well. speaking of next time. Yeah, I was gonna say, good segue! Yeah, I, look, you get one segue this episode. Not two, but one, and you, you're gonna take it and you're gonna <laughs> you're, like it. You better like it. You better appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of next time. Appreciate the work we go through to give you these segues. Uh, our next <laughs> and game- And then ruin them by talking about them. Yeah. Look, that's, I feel like that's kind of the hallmark is like we come up with that's a really good brand. segue, yeah is drawing attention to the segue. At least it's not... At least this isn't one of those podcasts where the title of the podcast is something 
silly that someone says during the episode. So whenever someone says something silly, everyone else goes, that's the title of the podcast! And then you can't use it as the title of the podcast. I've been on a podcast like that before, where the whole, the whole thing was just like coming up with, like, who can say the dumbest, funniest thing to take completely out of context and make the title? Definitely. Um, we have ready-made titles in the names of our games. Yeah, exactly. Such as the name of next week's game. Which is possibly Naissance? No, possibly. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> Naissance or possibly Naissance. We're not entirely sure. Possibly Naissance? Yeah. Um, but. I don't know how it's pronounced. This is a. Uh, I don't want to call it like an art game, but it's, it's, it's one of those like first person sort of abstract exploration, vaguely puzzly games. Sort of, so like this and Cairo and, uh, uh, what was the one? Beginner's Guide? Not the Beginner's Guide. The one that takes place in, oh god, this is gonna bother me now because I have that game and I've played that game. Uh, I think Sean Seanbo has streamed it at some point. Is it that weird sort of psychological horror game type no, one? That... Is it, it's not psychological horror. Oh no. Oh god, I can't believe this isn't coming I guess to I me. I mean psychological horror. The one that takes place in like a psychiatrist's office for part of it. Psychiatrist's office. Is that a different one? Uh, does it? I don't I don't think it, I don't think it does. I have no idea what you. What it's you're oh, I'm I'm like so ashamed of myself that I cannot remember the name of it. I'm going through my Steam list. Really, well, I'm gonna lo- I'm gonna look at Seanbo's games that he's played on Play by Play. It was quite a it. it was quite a while ago. Uh, uh, uh this is making for such a bad episode. Uh, no, that's a different one. I was going to say Children of the Zodiacs, but that's not it. Uh, 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 titles, it wasn't that one. Wait, when did he play Alan Wake? He played Alan Wake? What? I guess that was in After Class. It was not oh. technically play-by-play. Okay, look. Oh my god, I'm so sorry to anyone who has the misfortune. Was, was it The Guest? No. Okay. The guest is the one I was thinking of, I think. Uh, okay. Okay, look. Uh, uh, I'm so upset. I'm so upset that I, uh, okay. Other, other exploration games did Sean play. And now, now I just can't find it. This couldn't have been before he started putting them on. No, they're all on YouTube, like, yeah. from the very beginning, yeah. so. I, are you sure? Antichamber! It was Antichamber! Antichamber, that's the one that I was looking for! Okay. Antichamber, god damn it. Antichamber is very puzzly. Yeah. But, yeah, and I mean, it's- I, I understand why you- Yeah, because, so because they give you, like, exactly no text or anything that tells you how to play the game. They just drop you in it. It's highly atmospheric. 
There's it's puzzling. Got its own set of rules. Yeah, it's got its own set of rules. There's puzzling. There's exploring. There is no guidance, and it's well, abstract. I, I really liked Antichambers, so uh, you know, I did make me very motion sick. So we'll see <laughs> if this is the same. Yeah, naissance slash naissance slash nascency is like the opposite, where everything in Antichamber is white, and everything in naissance looks like black and gray mm. but anyway yeah you it basically gives you just this big environment and you explore it and you solve some puzzles okay and this game came out a number of years ago and it has recently been made free just forever so yeah, that's so easy you have no reason not to play it it's a free game go for it yeah it's like sort of a tribute to brutalism in a yeah. way yeah yeah which I am all about. I like brutalism. Mm, I don't know. Going to having concrete bunker dorms kind of ruins you on brutalism. <laughs> I've been in concrete bunker dorms. Yeah? And it didn't ruin you on, like, brutalist architecture? Not really. But, like, those are bad examples of brutalist architecture, <laughs> you know? Like, there's really good brutalist architecture, and then there's just, like, the shit that they popped off it at every college like state school in the country in order to save money um i like look i like to hold the good examples close to my heart i guess yeah. um yeah, fine. we'll see maybe this will this will change my mind on it maybe and we're all we're all probably going to pick like a different way to pronounce it when we have the episode and we'll we'll just uh we'll just figure it out as we go yeah I probably should have mentioned that this game uh, is developed by a group called Limas 5. They are French, which is why it's a French word. Yeah, which is why naissance may be the way, the correct way to pronounce it. Yeah. I'm going to just call it naissance because that's what it looks like to me. And in the absence of. Yeah, but, you know, one of them is capital. So maybe they're both silence. I don't know. Hmm. You never can tell with French unless you know how French works, and then you can tell because it's not actually that difficult. He would know. True. Alright, that's Uh, our homework. Yeah, that's our homework. (laughs) Not only to play the game, but to figure out how it's pronounced. Yep. Uh, Well, we will hopefully do that within the next two weeks. Not promising anything. Yeah, no. But. Look, this episode is already a mess. We have no room to make any promises. So, yep. Listen, you take what you can get. We don't get paid for this. We don't have a Patreon. We don't ask you to subscribe and leave comments and thumbs up and whatever. We just, we're just doing it. We're just providing it for you. Yeah. I mean, and look, so if you... have to deal with the terrible sound yeah, in the background. If you, yeah, the horrible metal machine music. The Lou Reed <laughs> album Metal Machine. Was that, was that Lou Reed? I, don't know. I, no I think idea. so. I don't know what you're talking about, Kelso. <laughs> yeah, that was the Lou Reed album. Metal Machine Music, sorry. I was close. Um, that's an album by Lou Reed. Is it just the sounds of construction? I don't think so. I've never it's actually... the sound of Lou Reed. Yeah, pro- I've never Fair. actually listened to that album. Um, my boyfriend really likes Lou Reed. Um, and I've listened to some of his music, but I have not listened to that one. Uh, okay, yeah, look, if you really, really want to go on iTunes, 
and give us a good rating, you can. And that will probably help us in some fashion. Uh, maybe theoretically. Not now, maybe in the future. Yeah, like theoretically that's a good thing to do. Whenever you have a podcast that you're listening to on iTunes, they always tell you to go write them on iTunes. So. Yeah, maybe if we get really popular, uh, Squarespace will offer to sponsor us. Yeah, we'll get a loot box. Loot, loot crate. We, yep. we already crate t- box. <laughs> yeah, just trash box. We'll, we'll get box crate. Box crate. Oh. Uh, and it's your... a it's a subscription service where uh, every month you get a different box. <laughs> I bet for the box enthusiast. Does that exist? I don't know. Probably. That I mean, exist, right? I bet if oh. you have a cat, they would be all over that. <laughs> yeah. And a, a month is about how long it takes for my cat to lose interest in a new box. So, okay. yeah. Look, okay. Look, we're not a video games podcast anymore. We are starting a box crate. We that's, are now that's, a service yeah, we're now a subscription service. Uh, DM me on Twitter and I will find a box at my residence and I will send it to you. <laughs> Look, you can DM me. I'm not gonna do send that me, though. Send those, DM me, send me five dollars and I will find a box to send you. Yeah, I'll just, just dig one tell out of you my what house. Sort of box it is. It'll just show up. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't get crushed because there's nothing in it when I mail it to you. Uh, or is it? I'm not gonna put a box in every inside thousand of box. There's something in. Whoa! You might be the lucky winner of a box with contents. Yeah, I'll just I'll pick something off of my desk and give it to you. What's the first thing that I the first thing that I saw on my desk was a nail file. You could be the lucky winner of this used nail file that is on my desk. Think about it. All right, think about it. God, we shouldn't even put this, we shouldn't even publish this episode. (laughs) I think you should label it as, like, listen at your own risk. Uh, Is this, wait, is this episode 66? Let's find out. Uh, It is, it's episode 66, it's the mark of the beast. Almost. Like, it's not, it's not quite good enough to be a podcast and not quite bad enough to be fully cursed by the dark (laughs) magics of Satan. Yeah, it's somewhere in the middle there. (laughs) Uh, look, this can't be the worst episode we've done. Or can it? One of them them has to be. Yeah. It might as well be this one. (laughs) I feel like the worst episodes we've done are like the ones that got so screwed up that we actually could not air them or publish okay, them for that happened once i feel like it happened twice did it happen twice maybe i think it just happened with bioshock okay that might be it i feel like i feel like there was another one but maybe not so bioshock is officially our worst episode because yeah. <laughs> because, because we had the audio was like unrecoverable yeah basically. uh and this is our unofficial worst episode so congratulations and uh thank you for sticking with us for this long. Yep. My god! <laughs> we appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, we're not, listen, we're not professionals. No. This is our hobby. No, not it's at all. fine. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright. The opposite of professionals. Uh, yeah. If. Alright. Let's do, let's do plugs. If, if you want more dumpster fire content, you can find me on Twitter 
at Kelso Time Bomb, I promise you, I give you my word that no tweets I make are good. That's that's <laughs> that's the Kelso promise. But are, but are any of them better than this podcast? Uh I mean maybe marginally a cape like rare. So you could follow me on Twitter for those rare gems that are okay. <laughs> Next. Okay. You have to say what your Twitter is. I didn't I say that it's at Kelso maybe, Time Bomb? Maybe you did. And okay. I, I was spaced that, out. That would something. be like the double dumpster fire. <laughs> like follow me <laughs> on Twitter. Not gonna tell you what my handle is. Find me on Twitter. Find me. I dare you. <laughs> Can you complete the challenge? Uh. Alright, uh, I am at Kyla underscore go on Twitter, uh, and twitch.tv slash cage tiger, spelled with a K. Uh, I do a Sunday morning stream every week at, uh, 10 a.m. Pacific, uh, where I play old nostalgic video games. Not necessarily my nostalgia, they're ones that I haven't played when I was a kid, but that other people are nostalgic about, and we, we see, you know, how they hold up. And uh, we're, we're getting close to the end of Super Metroid, I think. Um, so, you know, just one or two more weeks on that, I'm guessing. Nice. And then I have to yep. figure out what I'm going to do now that uh, Emu Paradise has been gone offline. Oh, yeah. That's... Uh, that's where I get all my old games. I think the best thing about that is that um, Nintendo shut them down because I guess Nintendo's trying to, like, get back into... Well, they, they want an actual market for their old titles. And yet, they have, people, I suppose, have found, like, signatures from the actual creators of the ROMs. Yeah. So in the data. They shut down the ROM site and they are selling and, the ROMs back to you. Yeah. Which probably is not legal, but, um, you know. I mean, who's gonna fucking sue Nintendo at this point, right? Right, yeah. And I mean, the legality of the ROMs is suspect to begin with. Yeah. yeah. But, it's a mess. Yeah. And it's really upsetting because, like, like, I know that yes, it's like, ah, piracy, but there, there really is a huge argument to be made for the preservation angle. Yeah. Yeah. If they're not going to, you know, provide a way to access and preserve their old games, then, like, fans should be allowed to do it. I mean, yeah, I mean, how the fuck else are you gonna play a fucking Satellaview game, which is a game that was like, broadcast over a TV signals. They only had this in Japan on, I think yeah. it was the NES, and you could only access those games for, like, a limited amount of time before they broadcast a new one. So the only way to get those games now is to find a Satellaview cartridge that was never updated. And, like, a few years ago, they found a new Kirby Satellaview game, and it was, like, a big, huge deal, and everyone was super excited about it, and, like... Yeah, all that shit's just gone now. Yeah. Fuck you, fuck you, we're Nintendo. Uh. <sighs> Carl, how do you, you feel about Twitter? Twitter. That's three. <laughs> Sorry, I got really mad at, I got really <laughs> mad at Nintendo there for a second. Yep. I got really excited about Satellaview. <laughs> yep. Yeah, um. there was some weird similar thing with, um, the old Pokemon games had something like that where there was like a, a special thing you could get if you like tuned into Japanese TV at the right time. Yeah. Uh, you could get like special secret Pokemon downloads. Yep. I don't even know, man. 
All, all right, we should we should end this podcast because man, that grinding metal sound is so yeah. bad. Oh, I'm surprised it's bad because it's like across. Uh, it's across the street. This construction sucks, and I have to wake up to it every morning. So now you know what it's now, like. now you know pain. what it's like. Play this podcast at 7 a.m. tomorrow. <laughs> Cue it up, and you'll understand <laughs> what it's like. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm sorry that you have had to listen to this. Um, better luck hope, next time. I hope we were entertaining enough to uh, to soothe you over the horrible noises. Yeah. And uh, maybe next, next episode I'll shut my damn window. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well, professional podcasters professional here. Professional podcasters right. here. Goodbye. We'll see you next Bye. time. Bye. Bye.